Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. Still Dave here. Uh, happy to have you join what I am positive is going to be a fantastic conversation with a world changer. Someone who I am fortunate to call a friend. Uh, her name is Jen Wiederstrom. She's a transformation expert, a coach, personal trainer. Uh, you may remember Jen when she was uh, one of the trainers on the television series, The Biggest Loser. She also appeared on American Gladiators as Phoenix. Uh, she's the founder and CEO of a company that she runs, a private community, Foriana Daily. But I think even more than anything that you could put in a bio, uh, Jen's a human. And she is on a journey like I am, like you, the listener, are that continues to unveil who she is and who she's becoming in her own evolution. And um, man, I just appreciate her so much. And I know that you will appreciate her as well. Please welcome to the show, Jen Wiederstrom. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience, Maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. Dude, that was so beautifully said. I, I get shy when I when people talk about my bio, but to hear you talk about me as a human really made me feel good. So thank you for that acknowledgement. It's interesting because I have come to know you just in the last couple of years worth of time, even just like the last year worth of time. And yeah. uh, man, I've gone through some things and there has just been such a rad connection that uh, in you seeing anything that I've gone through, reaching out, mm -hmm. offering something of encouragement, or even just like normalizing that, hey, this is part of the human process, brother, and uh, mm -hmm. you're going to get through this and be stronger on the other side. And I've tried to reciprocate the same when I've noticed the same on your side. But uh, why don't we just start with like, what it is, <laughs> this human experience, and, <laughs> um, and how I think each of us in some ways, though, of course, we're like in this pursuit of health and wellness, like also have to face what it is to trudge through it sometimes and, and do what we can to just keep one foot in front of the other until we get out the other side. Man, it, it, I think that we all feel 
better when we are comfortable. Um, we work to create a home environment. We work to create, you'd be at a job that we enjoy. We work to, to be around people that make us happy. Um, and so we create these, these little like buckets of joy, buckets of comfort. And yet the one thing we know that's going to happen is change. Everything changes. People change. So relationships fall out or fall in what you're going through in your job. Like there've been times I've been like obsessed, loving my job. And I'm like, I don't love it anymore. What's wrong with me? And that is the question that comes up for every single human. They always defer to themselves. And we are kind of a selfish species. We just, and we always make it about us. And it really often has nothing to do with us. It's just that things are changing. And all the stuff that, as you put, you've had to trudge through some of the last year has been to me, some of the greatest growth you have experienced to date in your life. And you don't know it while you're in it. But for anyone listening, it's when you get to the other side, you see what it's all about. And that makes you keep walking through it once you're in it. Because then you're like, I know this is work, but I know that there's a lesson. There's curriculum here. And I think that when when we get to a point where we think that life's supposed to be a certain way, is that that's the human condition that gets us off track. It, yeah. There's no certain, you know, there's a, it can be any way we want it to be, but we just have to let it. Yeah, it's so interesting because there's plenty of times when I'll have someone say something to the effect of, oh, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, or, oh, man, I wish that you hadn't had to, you know, fill in the blank. And I almost have this automatic response of, yeah, no, I wish I hadn't, but I catch myself because as much as I don't want to have to repeat the experience of the pain, I wouldn't trade the experience for what ends up coming out the other side in having to face the things that you don't like to face or deal with the emotions or process the grief and uh, in whatever form or way it shows up. And I, I know that my experience with hard things is not over. Uh, it doesn't, again, make it necessarily easy when you start to feel yourself being pulled back into something that's going to force you to have to be reflective. But uh, man, I, I am really, really grateful for so much of what for me has been uh, almost a force to my knees kind of introspective look at what wasn't working well so that I could try and make a little bit of change. And uh, I think for anybody, if you're, if you're feeling like, God, this is not easy, um, mm-hmm. hopefully you get to that kind of light at the end of the tunnel moment sooner than later and can start seeing the good, the growth, the, the evolution that comes in having to sit in that shit sometimes. Yeah. But you know, also the other part is I think that we tend to emotionalize it more than we really need to. I th- I always joke, we have seen, this country has seen way too many movies. I've seen way too many rom-coms. I've seen way too many, you know, massive action flights where there's so, every, every moment is so precious. Every uh, defeat is such a massive one. And it's like, I don't know, uh, things are going to change. And the less, the less controlling I am, on outcomes, man, I, I have felt so free. And I am a Virgo. I have sharp corners. I am talking about what I'm working on, not what I've perfected. But it really doesn't have to be emotionalized. In fact, I greet the change. I, I don't think any person would choose on their wedding day, like, yeah, I'd get divorced with this person. Like, you don't see that coming. Um, but like, you just kind of have to be. My cousin was the one that gave me this term. He calls it. The, he's like the curriculum. He's like, yeah, there's. You're going to learn something. There's curriculum, and some. People will be in a marriage for 50 years and never divorce, but be miserable. That's curriculum too. You know what I yeah, mean? So absolutely. So, I don't know. I think normalizing 
you know, everyone's like, yeah, you got to go through hell. You got to go through pain. I don't know. Sometimes there's just too much self-help going around and we normalize the process of being a human. There's ups, there's downs. That's why you surround yourself with healthy habits. You surround yourself with happy people and you surround with people yourself with, with, with people like things that really help expand you like conversations like we're having conversations that you guys are listening to in this, in this podcast, books that you read, things that you write down, stuff you learn from your kids that are so profound. You're like, are you for, you know, like, like that. And that's it. Like that's life. And that's like, it can really be had and enjoyed even through the hard times. Yeah. I mean, there was a point at, like, it just felt like, man, uh, are you kidding me? This is the next thing that's going to happen that I didn't <laughs> expect that I like, I almost embraced, uh, you kind of have to laugh at it. Or, um, I mean, at a certain point I was like, are we actually living in a simulation of some kind? I feel like someone is having fun <laughs> with a Sims game and they've just pushed the earthquake and tornado buttons at the same time, just to see how I might get through it. But, uh, it, in some ways, like you can't, I, I want to take it seriously and I want, but I also, if I get stuck too much in seeing the hard or the negative or like I can then just spin and stay stuck and stay in it. If I can be a little bit like, all right, what's next? Bring it on. Let's go. There's, I, there's a little bit of a, an ability, I think, to get through it faster because of not letting it define all of who I am or mm -hmm. how, you know, how it's going to be. Well, you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you in reverse, but I was, in, it's a personal question, but I, I, I was going to ask you what made it so painful for you? What, do you, re, can you go back? Like, there's always the thing behind the thing, the little Russian dolls thing, but you know, yeah. the inside, inside, what really at the root was it for you that made it all so terrible? Well, I mean, most of the pain that I've had to process comes back to loving myself as I am. And so anytime that I found myself in a situation where the voices of doubt or the limiting beliefs or the chatter from people that don't like me online or whatever it might be, felt like they might be confirmed, mm -hmm. I didn't love the way I felt about myself when I was by myself. Mm -hmm. And I am on a mission to find a way to embrace every single part of who I am, even the parts that I don't necessarily have an, an enormous amount of pride for. Uh, not to say that I, you know, again, want to kind of stay in some kind of status quo space in a place where I know I can work on myself, but shame is not something that is empowering. And so mm -mm. anytime that I was feeling like, oh, I just, you know, they're right, or that story's right, or, you know, like, I'm not lovable, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, um, that tended to be a source of my pain. Yeah. And the only way, you know, like to kind of like push past that pain is to create evidence that makes those lies unbelievable. And it's not, you know, like it's not necessarily easy every single day. Um, but, you know, the first step for me uh, in drinking, as a for example, uh, I, man, I just really didn't like who I was in having to confess that I was leaning on this unhealthy coping mechanism mm -hmm. because of not wanting to necessarily deal with some of the stuff that was coming up in the aftermath of divorce or some of the mm -hmm. stuff that was coming up in imposter syndrome or whatever it might be. And it wasn't until I was able to actually 
just say, hey, you know what? I need help. And this isn't mm-hmm. a sustainable long-term plan that I was able to shift some of that shame into power because there was action in me owning my truth. And so like yeah. embracing, right? Like embracing this part of who I am that like I don't necessarily love made me actually in kind of like connecting to it. Um, it allowed me to, to kind of love myself for who I am in spite of the fact that I still have miles and miles of work to go. Sure. I mean, hello, that's what we're here. I hope, I hope you're not done. You'd be so bored for the next 50 <laughs> years. Oh my gosh, right? Dave. But here's the thing. So I, I really, I've been digging in with myself as well. And I was listening to what you were saying, because that's what I was so curious about where it was for you. And I feel like shame is the linchpin for everybody. Yeah. I don't see whenever you can dance around to anything you want, any person in your life, it comes to shame. And I feel like when we're little humans, we are just who we are. I, I, I got to say, I see pictures of myself as a little girl, a little four-year-old, and I'm like, that's me for sure. Where did she go? Yeah. And life, in my opinion, and in my experience, has been a process of accidentally muting that person, covering that that little girl up as I grow through life to a belong and and feel like I you know kind of you force fit a tribe we all do it's called high school oh my god yeah. right I mean I was just desperate for Amber Convery and Fitch pair of jeans and my mom's like those are <laughs> not at that store you know uh, but I was desperate to be a part of that and then we we become warriors we have to fortify so uh it's our behavior it's like I, I'm a I'm a, a by nature a very shy person and you I don't think you would ever describe me that way but I yeah. have to be this persona I'm gonna be this person and I'm gonna start drinking because even though I'm doing it in front of you because I want to show you how fun I am I'm really leaning on it for other things that I can't cope with so I have the same kind of conversations with myself as well and so then what what you finally get to this point of awakening, which I think is part of that pain, is this realization that like, I am, I don't like all this stuff on me. I don't like this behavior. I don't, and that shame comes from what Brene Brown has quoted, and I love it. It's fear of disconnection. So if I stop drinking, if I stop in a relationship that's not keeping, if I stop doing all these things that I put on, grow an audience to grow attention or acknowledgement or I mean fill in the blank and now because now you're being dishonest with yourself and there's no greater shame than your self-betrayal and I think that when we come to mental health listen you can change your body you can pack your carrots and hummus all you want you can work you can run with my the the Doggins guy I don't get it will calms down I don't, I can't, I can't keep up with all these, you know, these, it's like whack-a-mole with another influencer. I'm sure he's fantastic, but I'm just like, it comes down to you, 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 your DNA and what you know, you're the only one that has the playbook and you just got to start reading it and, 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 and see what happens. Cause like, that's the mystery and the magic and people get like afraid of what they're going to find. If I dig, dig, dig too deep. <gasps> what's there. And I'm like, yeah, but like, what if you find like treasure, like, yeah. get, you know, make it like it, like create curiosity versus condemnation. And you're, you're in a different universe of self-discovery. I, I relate to this so much. I actually, <laughs> so like, I think I have as one of my superpowers, an ability to walk into a room and certainly inside of business and understand the needs of the room in a way that allows me to deliver 
the version of me, whether it's tone or the type of conversation or the sophistication of the detail or whatever that Mm -hmm. meets the need of the room in a way that helps me get to an intended outcome. I'm a bit of a shapeshifter in that kind of way. But there's a double edge to every sword. And the downside to that is that in interpersonal relationships, there are times when this insecurity, this little boy who just wants more than anything to be loved, instead of authentically presenting myself, starts to bend to who I think I need to be to Mm -hmm. get that love. Mm -hmm. And every time I do anything that denies who I am or in any way inauthentically or is disconnected from the truth of my real self, it in some unconscious way says you wouldn't be loved in this relationship if you were to just be here as you. Mm. And it plays then into some of that negative self-talk and that absence of self-love. And so if 2022 for me has been anything, it's been how can I, as consistently as possible, just be me? Even if it means that there's rejection, that's that just means they're not my people. Even if it means that there's, I, I, I think at times this desire for love has had me not fully being myself in a way that has eliminated the possibility for true intimacy, whether it's in friendships or right. And so that's like, you know, like in the work I'm doing in therapy or the work that came out of being in treatment, like that's one of the biggest ones because I see the way that that in and of itself ends up being this huge domino for so many of the ways I want to feel about myself. And even in that connect other people. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If you're not being yourself, how can your people find you? Yeah. You're like, they're not your people. They're not. Yep. Yeah, how can they find you if you're not being you? You, you must. You must. And it was funny. I was looking, I'm, I'm writing a book, the same book I was working on the last time I talked to you. So don't, yeah. get, don't get too excited, <laughs> but uh, progress. Uh, and I was looking to blue zones and blue zones for anyone that doesn't know what that is. It's like, uh, unusual longer life. There's only actually one blue zone in the United States, which probably doesn't surprise anybody, but they're all over the country, uh, all over the globe. And when you look at characteristics of a blue zone, uh, they talk about most, you know, plant forward, yada, yada. Okay. Limited alcohol, duh, moves regularly. Okay. So there's lots of places to walk, um, you know, a sense of spirituality check, you know, but community community, that social aspect of being a part of something that you know does not exist without you. Mm. That gives you drive. That gives you purpose to wake up. It's like, if, if listen, if we're, if, you know, if it were in caveman days and me, you are on a team and you have to hunt the food and I have to cook the food and one of us is gone, we're not eating. Yeah. You know, and there's that feeling of really having purpose. And I think that's like, you know, when, when you go to the gym by yourself and you do your meal prep by yourself and you're not, you're not having anybody in that, in that team, it's just you because you don't actually know who you are. You're not spending time with who you are. You're on 
fill in the blank social media channel, looking at what other people are doing, using their filters, taking these pictures by yourself in the bathroom and, and just withering away in faith and spirit and sense of self, because you're doing what you think other people are liking versus what your heart is just begging you to be, which is you. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to hear you talk about it because I'm, I'm 40 soon and I'm just thinking, I think I'm, I think I'm starting to, to get it. And then of course you always met with like a piece of literature or some sort of, um, I, 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 this is like a meditation from Alan Watts. If you, he's an English kind of professor. He's like a, you know, Carl Jung level kind of a person, but he says, everybody has two lives. And the second one begins when you realize there's only one. And Ooh. I, and I thought, <laughs> Oh my God, I think I get that. Like, I think I know what he means. And your ooh means you get it too. I get and it. I'm, I'm starting to live for the first time in my life. And it took me all of this to get there. And I, it's fantastic. And but like, God. right. What a, I, what a thing. And it, it's, it is so true. I mean, I, you know, since I last saw you, I took some time away from social media. I'm yes. barely dabbling in it now, but the decision was very much a preservation of mental health kind of thing. And in the time that I've been away, I, I mean, like, I'll be honest, I, I've, and I've mentioned on the show a variety of times, like the debate of like, you know, having a public or more public, I mean, barely public as I am, but like a more public life is a thing that I debate on the regular because mm-hmm. I don't like the parts of me that do feel like I have to be a certain way or act a certain way. I just want to be me. And I, I think I'm at a place where I'm wildly closer to just getting to be that on the regular, mm. but there is always that temptation of, I was, I was like getting ready to post a picture after having had what was like four or five months away from social. And I found myself like debating, you know, do I show one where I'm super fit or one where I'm a great dad or one where I'm with Heidi or what? And, and all of them at the core were about like making sure that I was putting a right foot forward to convince people that I was okay. And <laughs> then I was like, Oh, I, you know, like, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready. I don't want to, I like, I don't want it to be a thing that like has me wanting to curate a highlight reel. I just want to be able to be my stinking self. And so I don't know. It's like, it's a real time. It's a real time thing because I am very much a human and I find myself in like being pulled in very human ways that sometimes aren't serving the best version of me in my mm-hmm. like regular normal life. I, I mean, you, you almost might have to do a little sifting of like, do a cleanse. I'm doing this myself of what's in your, what's in your 360? Like what, what, what are you reading? Who are you talking to? Who do you follow on Instagram? Like if you look at a picture and there's like a, a comparison thought that comes up or man, that person has this many likes and I only had this and I posted the same thing and I've been doing this longer. Like the moment that chatter starts, like I know the whole unfollow thing is like kind of like a, a source subject for the people that gets unfollowed, but just <laughs> mute it, just yeah. mute it. get get it out of your ether, get it out of your eyesight and get those conversations out. And I know it's hard because I've talked to people, a lot of people in my private group, they'll have a family member that that's person. You can't unfollow a family member at, at Christmas. Yeah. Like they're going to be there. So it's almost this insulation process, not separation process, but an insulation for you. You're like, I, I want to make sure I'm choosing what kind of things are going to be coming into my heart. And we, we can't, we can't wait for someone to do it for us. 
we and 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 frankly, the reason why people don't do this little cleansing process for themselves is because it's real. It makes yeah. you a little uncomfortable. You're like, I don't know what I want to find. I have a friend that has like only one good friend, and I got to tell you what, this. Like aside from me, I should say, like obviously I'm lovely, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like we're not in the same town. She lives, she lives back home, and this other friend is just brutal. Like got got so drunk, left my friend at the bar, passed out. You know what I mean? Like not a good friend, not caring, not this person that they have, they have intellectual conversations. Like my friend's an avid reader and plays music and loves poetry and. And like, I'm like, this is not a person for you. But for my friend, she's like, if I don't have her, I have no one. So you're hanging on because you need. And so I understand that feeling. If, if I don't have her, I have no one else. Or I'll push it further. The people that really don't have connection, at the end of the day, all they have left is food, alcohol, sugar, porn, uh, you know what I mean? Television. Yeah. And you want me to take away the one thing that makes you feel satiated? Yes, I do. Because all those things are just detours. And the only way you know what's on the other side is if you let go of what's damaging, like those, or I should, instead of damaging, I should say, what's putting the volume up on those voices inside that you talked about at the very beginning, Dave, and starts to let you hear yourself more. And then you yeah. find yourself on a podcast like this listening. You're like, oh, these are more my people. I like what Dave has to say. This resonates with me because you can't you can't have it all and, and expect to have space for everything. So you have to make room for, for the really good things in your life to begin. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very much and still am. Like I have had peace or the intention of creating space in silence as a part mm-hmm. of a routine because of the volume of the noise of the world that would otherwise not allow me to connect to any of the things I was thinking or feeling. And uh, certainly, yeah, there are times when as a coping mechanism, you get pulled into scrolling on social or one of a thousand other things, some of which you just mentioned, because you don't want to necessarily listen to the things that you desperately need to hear. But mm-hmm. if you, if you're not creating time or space from, you know, the things that are otherwise distracting you or not allowing those things to come into your head, there's no hope of changing the discomfort or the, the the frustration or the stuckness that you find yourself sitting in because you won't have any sense of how to get out of it. Mm. The other thing that comes up for me, like community, you mentioned it earlier. It's just like, it's such an, um, I don't know that it's undervalued. People, I think, appreciate how important community can be, but finding community that actually lifts you up, encourages that, uh, that kind of pours more in than it might in fact take out feels like a thing that's a harder commodity to find, like finding your people. I know you have a community. I want to hear you tell us a little yeah. bit about it. I know like, you know, Heidi and I have created this thing and in, in, in these get fit challenges. I just, I've yeah. never been immersed in community where you are welcome to come as you are supported, but also held accountable in the days that you need it. What is it, you know, what is it that was kind of like the impetus for you creating the community that you have and and what kind of happens inside of it that gives people what they are desperately looking for? There's, this is so layered. I mean, I feel like we could have a whole nother conversation on the value of community because I actually think it is undervalued. And I think that we are, humans are such an adaptable species, um, both emotionally, socially, and physically. And so, you know, I, I think the pandemic was a, massive the, the floor was like the rug was pulled out from underneath us on community i i because 
I, I remember starting my, my career started with in, in fitness doing, teaching group classes because I wanted a free membership to the gym. And I was like, <laughs> I just, I wanted to be in check, like a check-in girl at the morning classes. And I uh, started teaching. And what's, what's cool about community is it creates accountability. It creates, there's a performance aspect of we share a conversation. We share a story. You tell me about your kids. I'm like, Hey, how did your kids soccer game go? Right. So we've got, we've got that call and respond, that validation of I'm here and someone else cares about what's going on in my life. And then there's the exchange that cannot be repeated under any other circumstance. Like I would play a playlist. And I remember this is back in the day, everyone, when CDs, like you could burn a CD for people. I'm almost 40. The good old days. The good old days. Uh, I still have a boom box. So don't, I am not getting rid of that thing. I got a lot of CDs. And I remember this guy, Mike, made me a mix. And like, he's like, hey, if you, you know, I just thought these songs could be cool for class. And I, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I'll never forget uh, another woman that I worked with her because she had lupus and she was going into kidney transplant surgery. And she really started feeling good and strong again and started wa- wearing brighter shirts to class versus the gray and black. She wore like this, this bright, like, uh, like kind of a warm pink, bright. It was bright for her. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I see what's happening. And she's like, don't shush, 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 gender. I go, no, I am getting excited <laughs> because she felt good and started to affect her changes in her, in her, in everyday life. So what is it about community that's so important? It's that exchange, it's accountability, it's validation, it's pride. I'm a part of this. And so to your other question, during the pandemic, I was, I was struggling myself. Like I was depressed yeah. because I, you know, I like you as a coach, um, I, I love coaching and working with people, but a lot of the programming I, I create is leaderless. It's about the people that we've, we've, we're brought in to help, you know, not, I always say it's not a dictatorship, but to help show them things about themselves and step into their own strength. I'm here to support stand like side by side with you and as a partner not as this leader on a stage that you're beneath me and it was just missing we weren't doing anything in person I went from doing multiple events a year hosting the shape half marathon for women we'd have like 10,000 women show up and then just nothing and so Foriana came just because I thought there's gotta be a way actually I didn't know I go I gotta try to find a way to create this feeling of community that I would do in those classrooms, that I would do at the marathon, that I would do at these events that can live outside just at like those events and they yeah. can live outside a room and actually in a digital space. So Dave, I didn't know if I could do it. And I, the, the carrot, I baited people with like, work out, lose weight. And, and, and you have that, like there's daily sweats in my programming, but we have, you know, a five and flow writing club. And there's like a writing prompt at least once a week. And then I have like a rest for inspiration page and we'll do 30 day challenges. And I have a six week walking challenge, but people are going bananas. It's just six weeks of walking and there's accountability. You got to take a picture of your steps and you got to put, you know, you got to, you got to log it. And if you finish the six weeks, you know, I send a mystery prize. Like last month I did. Kelly Starrett and uh, Juliet, the, the ready state, they yeah. sent all like their leopard rollers, you know, and they got that. So it's like, I have, like fun things like that. But then I also teach twice a month and I do, I must call it a lecture, but it's literally a conversation like you and I are having. Like yeah. I talk about something that's either important in that it's a question in the group, something that I'm personally going through. And then I bring it up, we talk through it. And then I put everybody through an exercise and we're done in 30 minutes with that connection point. 
is, I mean, we've got like a hundred people in the group. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's not like I've got millions, but like as people DM me in there, it's not like I can, I mean, you can come yeah. in, Dave, of course <laughs> you can DM me, but you know, it's become this beautiful space. And now people are exchanging ideas and resources and sharing their workout times and sharing things that work for them. And so now again, it's a leaderless community, although I am the one that's helping guide we are just like that classroom of people where I'm telling people what they're doing reps and sets, but really we're in there together, creating a community of, of support. And I mean, people in the group, like they've lost loved ones. They've lost, they're going yeah. through COVID. They, they, one is a second grade teacher that she's like, I'm on my last leg. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the year. And like the rallying around this woman was just incredible. So yeah. my Foriana group is, a, you know, it's, it, it started as a content platform where you're going to get like, information regarding exercise, your body, all kinds of like personal testimonials of life. And there's that, but the private group is there is my, is my, you know, human experiment of, can we connect in this digital age? The answer is yes. Um, it takes time to cultivate and it takes real intention from the, from the coaches, like, like, like you and Heidi yeah. do such a beautiful job. You got, you got to be a part of it. Well, I the thing I think is beautiful too, uh, you know, you have, developed some, I mean, at least from my perspective, a reputation of not just putting on a smile and pretending like everything's great every single day. There are days where you can tell, oh man, you're going through something and you're yeah. going to embrace your humanity and share vulnerably. And I think part of what that does is it attracts a group of people who have a willingness then to step in and also share parts of their own humanity that in some ways normalize it. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm not broken or bad or wrong or unworthy. I'm just a human and I'm going through some stuff. And by surrounding myself with other people that make me feel normal for going through it, maybe I can also take some tips or tricks from someone who's a little further along, a journey that might be similar to mine because of now my willingness to own it and be in community with people that uh, you know can make me feel safe in, in well, sharing it. So I just I love that. But that's why you've helped so many people because you've said, listen, I've already walked this part on the map. Um, I can show you what worked for me. To, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you've been there, yeah. so you can you can give feedback on what it was for you. Not necessarily the answers, not necessarily the perfect way or the way in that respect. You said I've been there, and this is what I you can do. And by the way, it's possible. Just that alone is like, it, it just, it, it, it gives people the strength to kind of show up again and say, okay. And it's so funny. I'm so hooked on this. I was watching Matrix. I don't know why. Don't ask. And Morpheus, which is Lawrence Fishburne's character, says, it's not a matter of hope. It's a matter of time. And I was mm. like, yeah, that's about right. Because I'm like, you know what? Hope is fine, but hope is so vague. Uh, like passion is really vague. Let's, let's like, it's, a, let's get concrete. It's a matter of time. You like these things that you and I are talking about are not fantasy land. Like yeah. this is real. And the other thing I would say too, and I, I see you doing it and it's why I was so excited to talk to you because I'm in that same boat. The moment any call it influencer leader can let go of the outcome. Like I didn't, I didn't open Foriana. I'm not writing this book to be like, I need a million people in the group because at 20, you know, $29 a month times that I'm going to make this much, but it's like, I, I, I know the moment I let go of outcome and volume quality, just overflowed connection. Like I've, I've done challenges where I've had got 500 people in it. And then I've had it where I've had like 200 
And I really like the 200 group. Yeah. It yeah. was awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, I can have more touch points. I can have more time. And, and, and also, you know, it, it changes the energy on the give on the way I coach. I'm not reaching. I'm not trying. I barely, I mean, you're the first person I've really been public about my community with. Cause I'm like, man, it's so sacred to me. Not only because I know what I'm doing with them, they help me so much. Right. This group, this group of men and women, what they have done for my life in the pandemic. I'm like, I wouldn't have gotten through it without them. And yeah. they, they know it. I have one lady in the group. I hope she's not mad. Cause I'm not going to say her name. I won't say it, but like, She's getting like nude photos taken. She's like, Jen, this is crazy. I'm doing it. It's for me. And I was like, oh my God, because of like conversations we've had in the group and workouts are great, great. But it's about like her really receiving and accepting her body. Now I have another person that was doing my, my, my little group, my writing group. She's writing children's books. Now I have amazing. Group. She's doing learning roller derby. I was like, this is, you know, like, I mean, listen, I get, I get before and after transformation pictures up the wazoo, but these moments, Dave is all I'm after. Cause the workout uh, stuff, you know, you, you, it's all, it's never about the waistline. Never, 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 never. It's always about something else that's blocking you. And as much as I'm helping people get unblocked, they are unblocking me. And it's why I'm yelling at you on this call. <laughs> I love it. This is the transformation game. You play it. We're in the, you know, in the, in a different kind of venue. We're playing it over here as well. And as much as people tend to come for what they believe is either weight loss or muscle building, once they're inside, it's often the emotional or mental parts of the game that they have to affect if they mm -hmm. actually want to get the outcome that they're interested in. And what you're talking about is confidence, self-worth, dignity, respect, yeah. the things that come in integrity, the things that come in belief. And I, you know, like I, I'm so early on in my fitness journey. I, you know, like I just, <laughs> I, I am, I just didn't, I didn't tend to it in the way that um, I, in, in a lot of ways, I wish that I would have, I didn't think myself someone who could build muscle. I didn't appreciate the correlation between moving my body in the way that it would make me feel about myself. But I also didn't consider the opposite, that if I was tending to my mental and emotional stuff, that it would, in moving my body, allow me to unlock parts of health and fitness and feel and peace that were otherwise unavailable to me because transformation, for me anyway, has been wildly more about the emotional mental parts of health and that has than it has been about physical though they all kind of work together well isn't it crazy what you learn about yourself in the workout Ugh, like why I, I that's why i tell people don't even pick up a dumbbell don't do a burpee walk like listen to the thoughts that bubble up it's it's a jungle in there in my mind specifically <laughs> yep. and it's just like my conversation around running, my conversation, or if I'm lifting, I'm like, this is too heavy. Why are you doing? I'm like, man, I'm really stuck today. And then the more I move, the more I see what's possible. And then I'm like, and then the amount of pride I pull from a session that I completed. I mean, today I didn't have equipment. I'm in Martha's Vineyard. I was like, oh man, what do I do? I'm like, I am going to lunge for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I started, I just, I just did walking lunges, just like nothing, you know, no weights, just, just on the side of the road, like a crazy person. And <laughs> And, and I said, in the first five minutes, I'm like, you can, you can do just do 20. 
30 is insane. Just do 20 minutes. I'm immediately talking myself out of it. Yeah. And then as I get to 10 minutes, I'm like, oh man, it's already halfway. Maybe I'll just think about 25. And before I knew it, the clock was at 28. And I was like, you're going to 30. You're Got to get to that. <laughs> and so what I realized about myself is like, I'm someone that has a hard time getting started. I have, I, I put the weight of it. I think so much about the top of the mountain that I, I, I can't start. I don't let myself start at the bottom of it. I do that with workouts. I do that with writing this dang book every day that I want to try to start writing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You don't have anything good to say. Why would anybody want to buy your book? Not, no one's even read it. This is stupid. But bleh, oh my goodness. All in, by the way, 10 seconds because my brain works fast. And so I'm like, oh, I'm learning about myself in these workouts. And what's really cool is I practice those hard moments. So all the times I start with negativity, but I get going and I finish. That translates to me writing. That translates to me, yeah. you know, dating a man and saying, "Hey, don't think the worst. Give it a shot." You know, I'm, 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 you know, forty and single. I might have some, some commitment issues. So, <laughs> so you get to learn about yourself. And the way I, it was, it was a an example that I can't own. It's not mine. But like, you got to think if there's a if there's a telescope that you can see the stars, right? Your body is the telescope. Your thoughts are the telescope. Your you're experiencing life, those stars through you, then that's the person looking through the hole. That's your conscious or your subconscious. So what, what comes up during movement, what comes up in your mind is just, I mean, it's an encyclopedia on you. So that's why it's, that's why it's funny to hear you say you're late in your journey and, but like you starting to lift and it's, it's cool. I, like I've had, it's it, right. Like it's a it's whole different wild, personality. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, I've, uh, I've teased this a little bit inside of our community. I don't know that I've said it out loud for real, but I am going to be stepping on my first bodybuilding stage at the end of October. Oh. And it's, it's a really crazy thing to say out loud because it commits me to it, although I'm super committed, but it's also, um, it's like this combo platter of, uh, something I am excited about because I will be able to connect so deeply to pride for effort. Mm -hmm. And it's also terrifying because I've never mm -hmm. done it before. And it feels very uh, kind of like exposing myself to how much work I know I still have left with what today as we're recording is 15 weeks worth of time before I'm, uh, you know, being judged as it were with other competitors. And yet um, part of, part of it is, I keep on being overwhelmed by um, what my body can do that I didn't know before in a way that makes me now ask bigger questions of what might be possible since I thought I knew all I did. And I have just, it feels like barely scratched the surface. And so yes. um, I just, I'm, I'm enjoying what feels like a push into the unknown so that in creating some new knowns, I can believe that there's an even bigger possibility field of unknown possibles out there once I do it. I, that was, I don't even know if that sentence made sense, but it feels I'm like it expands, it expands yes. like the abundance of what's possible when I do something I've never done before. So, I mean, I look at you as like, like you are the universe. Think of it this way. Like what's past our galaxy? What's past that galaxy? What's beyond right? that? We, I mean, we're finally taking pictures how many billion light years away there's stuff past that, Dave. Yeah, I know. And I, I mean, it's I, so I mean, I talk wild. to God every day, but like, I mean, I, I, I'm like, what happens then? There is such an expansion, an expansion. Like, you are that, you are that infinite universe of growth, expansion, ideas, and interpretations. And I mean, it's it's exciting because, you know, and this is something from my father. He always goes, you know, perception 
is reality. So if you perceive that, oh, I'm never going to be able to be on that stage. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. That's real. And it will yeah. stay real. And you're allowing your perception to evolve. And That's right. I, I hope that never stops for you. Yeah. And I think with you, you. And that goes. And when, and we get, when you get locked in, which is what we talked about in the beginning, controlling, thinking, things need to be this way. My partner needs to stay this way. My job needs to stay this way. My body needs to stay this way. You get locked in. That's that's like you know I hate to say it but that's like that's that's living that's the living dead everything yeah yeah you can't everything stops yeah well what's interesting is uh, if I've made mistakes in the past when it's come to fitness I've set wildly more ambitious than I was ready for goals and then in facing the resistance of uh, the black diamond course for the green flag skier I'd -hmm. abandon ship before, you know, like I could be exposed for not getting it right or doing it well. And the shift this time Mm. is my goal is to have pride for maximum effort, irrespective of outcome. So that, right, like I want to be able to stand on that stage knowing that I did hit the workout plan. I did hit the meal plan. I did, you know, add the cardio at the right, like I did all the things that I could do and did it as well as I could. And that way it's the kind of the pride of effort exerted and knowing I did my best as opposed to what I look like or how I place or what anyone else has to say. I'll just get, I just could be proud of the effort. And that's a little bit of a shift from what previously felt like it was a little bit more about, um, if I'm not going to be good at this, then maybe I shouldn't even put my hat in the ring because uh, I only want to, I only want to like really try and win at things I know I can do well at, which is not a way to grow. Well, oh man, I think I'm just, I'm raising my hand on that one for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. Oh gosh. Well, it, it's, it's funny too, because it's in every, it's in every field. I, I've been training uh, John Mayer for like, I don't know, maybe a year and a half now. We we met during John the pan- Mayer. What the hell? Oh, come on, come just, on, dude. Just keep playing that those albums. This man right? is such a poet. You know what you need to listen to? I just I was I, I felt so bad. I I went to his concert when he was on tour in L.A. and he played the song and I was like, hey, whose song is this that you covered? He goes, that's my song. I go, <laughs> sorry, buddy, I didn't know. It's called Walt Grace. You got to look it up. I'll send. I'll text Walt you after Grace. this. All and right. it's it's fin- it's so fantastical and great and you know but what's funny is I met him during the pandemic and he was trying to you know kind of get himself ready for he plays with Dead and Co and you know just kind of getting out of the COVID vibe like everybody else was and if I had told him how far we would come in this year and a half he wouldn't a probably have believed it or b wouldn't have even tried he's like forget it and yeah. he was he was thinking I've got to be the long super skinny lean like you know. Uh, guitarist like musician and i was like okay my i'm like john my long-term goal for you is to turn you into a meathead um my short-term goal for you is um for me to turn you into a meathead like that's what we're doing <laughs> we're because i because you know given what he explained with his body like i mean some back pain and like shoulder you know from all the playing the years of touring and i was like he needs stability he needs some some mass and now i mean I, I, like oh, at one session we were watching pumping iron. I'm like, this is like what we're doing. And it's fun because in the beginning he would train maybe twice a week with me and it would like be, it was tough. Like what you're doing now, Dave is like these tough sessions. They're new to your body and they're especially new to your mind. 
But like now, a year and a half later, like John and like you will be in just a few weeks. Like John's like a five days a week guy. Oh, and no. I, and the new, thing is, I'm looking str- forward to the workout. And right. if it's not like he's asking me, how's the weight on this? And I'm saying I can do more. And that yes. is so it's different like, than what? every part it's of like, whoever was. <laughs> and now, but you're on the path that like John is finally like, it's, it's, it's that aha moment for every client I have. You can be John Mayer. You can be a mom. When you are like, I'm doing this and I want, and I like, and I like this further weird. And, and then finally, now you're protecting it. It's so much easier. Like when you get to where you're at and your happy space and what you're building in your body and your mind, you're like, I like this. I'm keeping it. I'm, I'm going to protect my health. I'm going to protect my body being pain-free. I'm going to protect my jacked arms because I like my how they look in a tank top. Like, I mean, I mean, listen, I wear tank tops every day. I'm no fool. I know, you know, and it's yeah. like it gets exciting. And then and also the the conversations change in your head because it's it's no longer I will never or I could never. It's like I have and I've done it and now I'm going to keep it. And then it fortifies your confidence going forward to do it again. So whether it's yeah. a bodybuilding show or you writing another book, which like, I mean, I, I hope you never stop writing and sharing Dave. Thank like, you. You know, you can, cause you're like, yeah, because you know, now the time it took to get on stage, you know, the time it took for you to heal from your divorce, you know, the time it took to write your last book. Like, you're like, I got this. It just takes time. And that max effort that you talked about and, you know, and you can do it. What's interesting too, though, is I think that John and I have a single thing now in common. And that is we have someone in our life that allowed us the the fortune of borrowed belief in mm. that I did not believe myself a person who could have a frame different than the one I had for most of my entire life. I was very, very skinny growing up. I didn't mm. put on muscle. Then I did put on fat. I didn't think myself someone who could be in the kind of shape that I was in, that I am in. And Dave. the beauty, well, it's, but it, I, and who knows why the human brain works the way that it does, but it just, it was a story that I told myself. and. One of the awesome parts, there are many things, I could list them alphabetically or chronologically, of meeting Heidi. Uh, she saw something in me in like an untapped physique that I just, I just, I didn't believe it. I was like, what are you talking about? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that, but like Please. that, yeah, no, but like <laughs> that she saw something and because of her experience inside of this space, I, you know, like I was like, well, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that I believe the hypothesis, but I'll test it. And the, like the great thing about, you know, whether John had that same kind of experience with you or not, is that in testing, (laughs) right. In right. In testing it. And this is again, the power of surrounding yourself with people who lift you up or give you energy or can see something in you that maybe you can't see in yourself. You become that energy. You start to lift yourself up. You start to have belief, um, not that's borrowed, but in yourself after you're in that world of kind of testing something that somebody else might see in you. And I just, I'm super grateful to Heidi for what she has played in that role for me. And I'm sure John's the same way. Uh, God, well, I, so Heidi, Heidi's, Heidi's such a wood chipper, man. You give her anything. She's like, yeah, <laughs> done. What's the problem? I know. You know I know. What I mean, like there's just nothing that she's just water around rock. She's able yeah. to just move forward. And I think what she does really well and that you said something, we, we both talked about max effort. One thing I do want to point out, and I think that Heidi does really well, is she finds her daily max. So like if we think 100%, it means the best I've 
I've got the best I could do my, you know, the way I can, my work ethic, my focus, my output, whatever that looks like, you know, for each person. My max some days are at 60%, yeah. but I give all 60. That's and good. wherever Heidi, uh, Heidi is at, she hits the top of what she's able to give that day. She has yeah. four children. She has businesses. Like, I mean, she, she, I mean, and she just gives what she has each day. And that is always enough. So it's like, I do want to point out to you and to people listening that your max effort is not necessarily is 100%. It's the percent that you have available and you, and you live up to it. You don't, but yeah. you don't step off the line. You don't yep. quit. You get, you go, you go to that line that day. And I, and I, and it's still a concept. I say it because I'm living it. I'm not, I'm not quite there. I tend to step away off the line and I'm getting better at staying on it and yeah. letting myself off the look, hook a little, like, like even the, my lunging today, I was like, this is what I've got. No, which is beautiful though. And guess yeah. what? It's going to be such a kind of intermittent thing where one day you're going to have wildly more in the tank and other days not, but grace, love, you know, oh, yeah. for max effort, for whatever max means on that day, but, you know, it's the only yeah. way you can get through life. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're talking about like workouts and stuff, but it's like, it's everything. Like there are yeah. days I'm probably not a great daughter. There are days I'm probably not a great girlfriend there. I, I mean, I I'm, I'm behind. I, I've got like 47 text messages on my phone right now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, but it's okay. So do the best you can. Um, the best you yeah. can. can we talk a little about uh, guardian revival? Oh, I would love to. Thanks for I bringing just, them up. Oh, I, I mean, I love what you were doing. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to steal the best representation of the work that they're doing in mental health and helping serve uh, veterans. But will you just explain a little of what you just did and the kind of work that Guardian Revival does? Would love to. So first of all, Guardian Revival is a non-for-profit organization uh, started in New York. Alex Othmer is a uh, co-founder. He's a Navy SEAL lieutenant, I believe, that through his own dark days and witnessing that thereof of, of his uh, peers, he knew that veteran and first responder suicide was getting out of control. We're at 22 men and women a day, over 30,000 suicides in our veterans and first responders since 9-11. And wow. there's just not enough care. And what, what Alex has done with Guardian Revival is exactly that. These are our guardians that have watched over us, that have protected us, and we're reviving them. And he has programs from like um, music to these amazing um, summits that they do to uh, he does dog awardings, which is some of the most powerful, tearful, amazing things. He gets these amazing dogs and he gifts them to these uh, soldiers and their families because the, the effect of their mental health and their family is, is so deep, of course. And he's just, when you see the difference an organization is making the lives, like he's not, it's not like a, you know, a, a happy dinner and see you guys later. I mean, like they are just totally changing the lives of these men and women. And so we did this insane bicycle race called Ram race across America. And we had the support of aligned Alliance, which is also a not-for-profit that we, it was this group of random, like motley crew of people from all over the country came in and, and we basically rode bicycles from uh, California to Annapolis, Maryland and guardian revival uh, was the focus. It's raising awareness for what their programs do and for our veterans. Dave, your donation was insane and so kind. I was so grateful to have your support. Oh, uh, and it's just because, you know, there's so much going on in the world and like so many people are like needing donations and like there's so, you know, I mean, 
and to, to like, it, it feels good to put your money and for me, my energy, my attention, my support and my money too, I donated as well to an organization that is literally changing lives every single day and those and those first responders and those guardians. So once I started kind of diving in, this is one of those things that needs to be brought to the attention of people. It's a mental health crisis, period, end stop. Yeah. And uh, the work that they're doing, you know, it's important, but I think that it needs to be something that everyone is aware oh. of because it's just that uh, it's, you know, epidemic rates. Well, and it all, we're all one degree. I can't tell you the amount of people that have reached out to me when I would post about it and saying, oh my God, my son is a veteran. My dad, veteran from Vietnam, uh, you know, people that are still carrying so much pain and weight and the VA does what it can, but it is so such a far cry from the mental yeah. health support that we need. We don't need medications. We don't need drugs. We like, we like, you know, we don't need pharmaceuticals. We need real support and action plans around these men and women so we can help them really transition back to real life. It was, it was interesting. And all of this, if anybody wants to know, it's at guardianrevival.org if they want to look into to Alex's um, foundation. But, you know, back in the day, look at the world wars one and two, we would have, once the war would end, or once once these uh, these soldiers would come home, they would be in a boat for like over a month, right? They would have to this transition time to come off of that intensity, come off of that space, share, uh, commiserate in a way, have support from the other soldiers and and mentors within those groups, and get home far more collected and in a better place mentally. To come home now, I can get I can Dave, I can get you home in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Throw you in your front door, say, good luck with your wife and three kids under five. Wild. Uh, you're home now. And here's some Xanax in case you get a little stressed at night. It's like uh, it's just there's gotta be there's gotta be more care um built into what what this system and and because these these men and women are obviously given the ultimate sacrifice, they're they're risking all to be there. And we just got to do better, get a better job caring for them on the on the backside of it. Yeah. Well, I also know too for me, like diving in and supporting great causes like this, especially in seasons where I maybe have more questions than answers in my own search for self. Sure. Like, if you're feeling lost, you can find yourself by uh, in the service of others. It's just like it's yeah. always a thing that will help turn whatever you're feeling around. So I do. I just want to pin one more thing there, just because I was like, you know, I'm talking about the veterans, but. I can't tell you how many veterans have come out of service, like 25 years, 30 years retiring, and they're struggling with depression now. And it's not necessarily from something they did in combat, but it's purpose. It's what you and I are going through as humans. It's what people that, you know, a teacher that retires, what am I doing now? What's my identity? And that reconnection to self and purpose is yeah. part of what we all need to look at. And thank you for letting me highlight our veterans and that and Guardian Revival. But this is at the impetus. It's not, you don't have to go to war to have something that's on your heart that you need to walk walk through and process through. And so I just want to point that out. Like you, you don't, like I think people sometimes are like, oh, I'm not important enough. I haven't done enough to feel sad. Yes, no. you have. Yes, <laughs> you have. Okay. Yep. Like we all yep. have this. So anyway, thank you for letting me jump in. No, I love it. I mean, it kind of comes back to to anyone who's interested in transformation, feeling stuck. You want to like kind of get back connected to you know, loving yourself or whatever it might be. Um, fitness is something I absolutely 100% would recommend as a thing yes. that can help you unlock it. And when I say fitness, I'm talking about also 
diving into the mental and emotional aspects of who you were when and, and why you've lost touch with or connection to that version of who you are. Maybe it's mm. transitioned from, you know, being single to married or having kids to out of them out of the house. But all of those things, you know, can be super triggering in identity crisis. And if you're not dealing with it inside of your mental and emotional fitness, um, you're going to stay stuck. And I just, yeah. you know, like I, I speak only from having myself had massive identity shift and in it, in that chaos, if it weren't for tending to my fitness, all of the parts of fitness, tending to my health, all the parts of health, um, I definitely, would, I would be stuck. And so um, I just can't encourage people enough to dive in. Here's the cool part, guys. When you dive in, you're going to bounce, bounce back. Like people, you know, you yeah. look at kids, you're like, oh, kids are resilient. Kids will bounce back. We are the same people. We're just a little taller now. Like we, yeah. we <laughs> yep. bounce back. We are resilient. You are resilient. Creativity, it grows back fast. Courage grows back fast. You just got to dive in. I couldn't, rec- I couldn't agree with you more, Dave, because it's like, I tell you, one workout, how good do you feel? Imagine yeah. two in a week. Then you do, then you do, you know, 10 in a month and, and you and you just feel like, oh, who is that person? Oh yeah. my God. I, it's, you've been there all along. So that's, I just can't recommend Like there's no long arduous process of when am I going to get there? It's fast. It yeah. is fast. Oh, Jen, I could talk to you all day, but I want to take your time. Sorry. I want to <laughs> let you get back to the vineyard. Uh, I love you. Uh, if someone too. is currently not uh, getting a chance to spend as much time with the, you as I hope that they would, where do people on the internet go to find you? What is, what's the handles on the socials? Anything good for any of the I mean, listeners? My, my website and my all my socials is jenwiederstrom.com. You can see my name spelled on, I'm sure, the podcast. And then Foriana Daily, F-O-R-E-N-A daily.com is the, you'll see the content platform and then you'll see where you can look into the private group. I always give everyone two weeks free. So come say hi, check it out. We're here, here to help. You're, you're good. You're good people. (laughs) You are light on this earth and uh, your humanity, I think is an invitation for people to embrace their own. So I just, I, man, I dig you, Jen. I appreciate you so much. I uh, ask humans uh, who come on the show to finish us up with a single question. If, uh, you could leave this listener group with a single thought, a single piece of advice, some action they could take that might afford them mm. peace, might get them unstuck, might have them having a little bit of a better day. What is that single thing that you would leave our listeners with? Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't leave it to tomorrow. I'll, honestly, like put this podcast down and go for a walk. Put this podcast down and call somebody you love. Like, like th- there's there's no need to put things off because tomorrow becomes a year, becomes 10 like now is, is where we need to take action. Even if it's small, it doesn't have to be massive. So don't wait. Don't wait. Tend to that health. Don't wait. Tend to that relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Yes. I love it. All right. Uh, don't wait. Jen, thank you so much. Listener, I, if you enjoyed you, this. <laughs> oh, I love you too. If you enjoyed this uh, episode, I hope that you'll uh, take a picture of it on the device that you were listening to it on. Tag myself, tag Jen. Tell every human you've ever met that it was good stuff in between now and next week. Uh, Start today. Don't wait. Uh, We'll see you next Thursday on the Rise Together podcast. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, honey. Hey, y'all. While I am taking a hiatus from social media, 
I'd still love to stay connected to you on the regular. If you head over to MrDaveHollis.com, I have an opportunity for us to become one-way pen pals. Yep, I'm going to be sending out regular updates, uh, stories, uh, observations, hopefully things that will also make you laugh or think. Uh, And I'd love to be able to do that on the reg. So if you uh, are so inclined, hit MrDaveHollis.com, drop in your email, and buckle on up. I love y'all. Thank you for all the continued support. Let's go.